And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Game 2 rebuttal edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. It is 1-1 going to Boston, which I think we all pretty much thought it was going to be uh, tough to predict the details of how it all goes down. Uh, but obviously, you know, we talked plenty about that game one in Boston's fourth quarter. This game played out similarly, except the third quarter was even more explosive. Warriors won it by 21 points. They won that third quarter. And that just bled over into a fourth where Ime Udoka pulled the plug with like 11 minutes left. Man, that was an early plug, wasn't it? Like, I mean, they were down 29. I get it, but whoo, you don't see coaches. Was, you know what? Jason Tatum needs a rest. That's what I saw it as, partly at least. That uh, you know, he's been he played almost a whole game to that point. Do you want to keep pushing it with Jason Tatum and wear him down for what we can all imagine is going to be a really long series? That's why Curry sat Curry down for the whole fourth quarter, even when he got a little slightly little nervous there. Twenty-two points. This is gonna. I think both coaches are kind of battening down. This is going to be a long, hard, tough, physical series, and we've just seen two parts of it. Yeah, I mean, if Boston's down one zero at that point, and they need to chase down a win, like maybe they're trying to push it. But you know, job somewhat completed by them. I mean, uh, you know, they've got to be feeling good going back home. But let's. I don't know which aspect of this game you necessarily want to talk uh, first. What stands out to to either of you most? Uh, Probably the return of Gary Payton. I think that was obviously a huge deal, especially with the way Clay Thompson has started the series and and Jordan Poole, but also the difficulty of how Boston attacks. I mean, they just got dudes who just (coughs) – Jason and Jalen – like Wiggins is doing is probably as good as you can do on Jason, but they've been having a problem with with Jalen, and and on because of that they're also having a problem with Derek White. So just to have GP on there to be able to go defend somebody, and also it's always true with GP. I know I know TK was messing with Warriors fans about him not shooting, but we've said it all year long. His off his greatest offensive contribution is the transition that he creates. He's a get-out-and-run. He gets to steal. He gets to stops. When he's on the floor, they just play faster, not to mention, like, his dunker spot, his ability to, to produce at the rim. He is an impact on offense, and that's how they got to play. I don't think they just can't get too much half-court on this team. If they do, then it needs to be Curry, high pick and roll. But you're asking Clay and Wiggins to create against this defense? It's just that's not a good plan. This is an this is at Chase. We haven't seen, like, in Boston yet, right? So, to me, like, having GP coming back, having that ace in the hole, and because the way he plays is the best way they need to play, I think that's a huge deal, not just for this game, but for the rest of the series. You know, I had heard in the lead-up that game two was likely Gary Payton's game. 
and there was a lot of uh, game one we're not sure yet health wise and like you know I'm now taking a step back watching him play 25 minutes thinking you know that is does not look like a guy who couldn't have played in game one but you know maybe you give Iguodala the chance you try some whatever rotation you wanted to script in game one you give Gary Payton's elbow a couple days but to me it's like like that 25 minutes he gave tonight he's going to get those 25 minutes the rest of the series because he fits this series he's by far the best option of of you know their fringe guys and there was points tonight i'm sure you guys would agree especially the way clay has been shooting and pool has been playing where you were watching the lineup of steph wiggins um draymond and then gary payton and Otto porter it's like this is the best lineup in the series this is the best terrible stretch and they went to the timeout and pool i think pool had came out earlier but clay sat too so it's like Steve was like, yo, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with y'all. Like, I'm done with you scores. Like, give me some dudes who are going to guard. I, I thought that was pretty funny. Steph's got to play great offensively for that to work, right? Because you've got a lot of non-shooters in that group uh, or non-dynamic offensive players. But if Steph's going to be as dynamic as he was tonight, then you can start plotting around with that defense. And I think the whole – that's what I wrote about, the whole strategy. It wasn't even that I – mean, I talked to Steve afterwards about the adjustments. It was all for the defense. But, you know, what did Steph say after game one? We scored enough to win this game. They scored 108. What did they score tonight? 107. 107. Yeah, I no. mean, it's just like it, it was right. I mean, I, at that time, I wasn't like, I, was, mm, I don't know. He might need to score more against a, than, Boston, than, than that against Boston. But he was right when Derek White doesn't hit five threes and, and Al Horford doesn't hit six and Marcus Smart doesn't hit four. And then where they go, like zero, one, and zero in threes, whatever. Al Horford didn't. Attempt a three. one, and that was a switch. They put Draymond on Jalen Brown as Slater said he should. Start the first possession the way they did. I don't Wasn't know exactly. Was I don't idea. know why, but I think it's funny. I wrote about the first possession. I don't know if it was like some statement needed to be made, but the funny Draymond part of put on, they put Draymond was on Horford. Well, well, what was funny about it is like to me, and this is what I wrote about. Like literally, I would say probably the lasting image of Game One internally with the Warriors is that first Al Horford three where Draymond Green goes, "Man, nah, I'm good." Go ahead and shoot that right there. Like, I'm going to stay 12 feet away from this 46% playoff three-point shooter. And he hit it. And that kind of, you know, that's what they kept talking about. Like, we just were giving them too much. And the funny part is, the first possession of game one, Al Horford sitting in the same spot. And Draymond, you know, he just rips at his dribble and takes gets a jump ball. And it was weird because it was like, why was he on Horford? You thought about that for a second. And then it was like, okay, he is on Brown. As we all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, But the funny thing is, I don't know why he was, but he made like, it felt like a statement like, play. Let me get one possession yeah, on yeah, him. Yeah, give me one. He will not make a three. In fact, I will tie him up. But I do think it's – we've all noticed Draymond's best on the guys who are playmakers. He wants to be in the middle. As Kerr told me afterwards, like, you always put Draymond in on the fray. Now, I don't know why he didn't Except in game, for one. game one. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> happened on game one. But game two, and he's going to be sticking on either Brown or Tatum. It's just the way it's best for him. You put Clay, and Clay is better off playing big men right now. That's just he's be- like Horford tried to post him the one time and got nothing out of it. And I was like, saying, the Warriors would love to keep on doing that. By the way, keep on Horford doing that. is over two posting up Splash Brothers in yeah. this series. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Steph played great defense, by the way. Like, like every part of the explanation to me for this game. Following what Steph said after game one, it was they just had to tighten up that defense. They could not give Derek White a, a, a set shot three-pointer. Uh, and they gave him like one. And Marcus Smart and Horford. And even I mean, Tatum made, a, made six threes. I think he was, just, he was shooting the ball great from three. But like, that's how you get 
the Celtics into an offensive flow. They're not a great offensive team. They're a great defensive team. You've got, you can't let them get this other thing going because they're going to be tough to score on no matter what. The Warriors scored great third quarter, but it's, it's hard to score a game. Uh, 108 it might be a lot for them in this series. 107 tonight. In Boston, it's going to be even harder. For What I wrote about, what I talked about, was like everything was defense intensity. That's Draymond is always the lead of that. I don't want to just write about that, but it was they put him on Jalen Brown, and that's what started it. GP2 playing ahead of pool. He clearly played ahead of pool tonight. Played six more minutes than him going into the fourth quarter. That's when the game was on the line. Like all their decisions, except for Bielitsa, maybe. Although he played good defense too. Be, uh, Bielitsa's yeah. been like great defensively all playoffs. Like he he got a stop on Tatum yeah, tonight. He's he and he locked up Luca already. Uh, yeah, remember Jokic in the first round? He had some moments. This is impressive, and so that's what I think what makes him comfortable about playing him. Might not make the three, you know. I think they're pretty much understand that. But he but moves the ball. He moves it. Yeah, yeah, they have to guard him. He moves the ball. He can cut to the rim. Might not make it, but he can do that. And he can go in transition. And he can, yeah. There's like there's things he can do. And if he can hold up defensively, then they could get play for four six minutes at a time. But other than that, like you would talk about strategic, because you know I love talking about it in rotation and everything. Every strategic decision they made, which worked tonight, was about upping the defense, the defensive physicality, and they all played crazy. I mean, they played crazy physical tonight. You could have called them for a lot more fouls. They didn't blow the whistle like that, uh, and that was to their advantage. I think now the Celtics are going to do the same thing in Game 3, and we'll see what the, the Warriors' answer to that is. But it was a physical, physical. I mean, Draymond was crazy out there for a lot of it, and that's okay. He didn't get thrown out. He didn't foul out, and he just Almost tore, got thrown almost out. Almost got thrown out. Probably would have been thrown out of a regular season game. But uh, he didn't, and it worked for them. There was another adjustment, though. Um, they went heavy, heavy, pick and roll, heavy. Third quarter was all put the ball in Curry's hands. Uh, a lot of ISO. You know, obviously transition was what they really want. But uh, I was looking on Synergy, and they were already, I think he had like six, seven or eight pick and rolls in the third quarter. He had 12 all of game one. So they were just decided, like, look, and, and the odd choice, I would have thought they would have put Robert Williams in a pick and roll. Like, his knee just, like, it keeps falling on the baseline. Like, <laughs> like I still block shots. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's He's like, insane, by the way. Robert Williams unbelievable. is unbelievable. Did you see that Marcus Smart, like, crashed into his knee? Like, I saw the replay. He, like, literally. I thought he was out he for the He crashed I he was into out for his knee, like, hard. And he's down on the ground, and he gets back up, and he, like, snaps his knee back into place, and then <laughs> and he he's, limps, he's playing he's, again. Like, was that the next possession where Wiggins went up after offensive rebound, and he just spiked it? Yeah, yeah and it, but Some he, of and his he jumped, blocks. and he landed on one leg. He jumped and landed on the same leg. Like, so I thought because of that they would put him out there, but Curry prefers Al Horford. He was going at Horford out there. They didn't try. They weren't trying to get Not only prefers, but so there was a weird – it was like 845. I remember I marked it down in the third quarter where – some the ball went out of bounds, and it seemed like they were trying to get Clay going. Clay had just hit a shot, and it seemed like Marcus Smart was like, hey, like, let me take Clay for a possession and try to shut this down. So he switches off Clay, and they actually put Al Horford on Steph to start the possession on an inbound, and Steph got an easy pullback three on it. And then the next possession down, he was ca- what you're saying is right. He was calling Al Horford out because he wanted the high screen, he wanted the switch, led to another bucket. And, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more. I think they're more comfortable doing that when – they know the other team's switching a lot more. I do think they've. It's it's very clear 
that there's one player on this team who moves the Celtics defense enough to make it matter, right? Like the rest of them, they're doing their things and everybody's staying home. Like when is Jordan Poole, everybody's staying home. Like if he beats his man, it's barely. And also the rim protection is there. Like Steph is the one who's making them all move in a way that you got to do something. So some of those drives, uh, you know, they're passing around the, the snapshot online of all the four Boston players around him and he drops it off to Looney. Like, they got to have that because the defense is too good in the half court. If they're not getting out in transition, it's just a lot to ask Clay to go one on. Like, it's just not working. You know, they're, they're, they're too good for looks. it. Clay's not getting looks. I mean, a lot of that is because they're really good defensive players. I don't, he's, he's not finding the right spot. And yesterday he talked about it. he's got to shoot more. I'm one of the greatest shooters whoever there ever was which I agree with, but he's got to be open. He's kind of shooting contested shots. I get it. He wants to try to pressure the defense. There was at least six shots tonight where you're like, oh, that's yeah, not a it good It was shot. tough. I mean, I there mean, were some lean, wild shots, right? Shot. Yeah, he was – but I get he's trying to get himself going. You know, he wants to feel like this is – he's moving the defense too. He's being a help to, to Steph, and it didn't happen tonight. It didn't happen in game one. I mean, you know, he's, he's due. He had a couple big shots. He hit the three. That was like the backbreaker, but uh, it doesn't feel like he's got anything open. And maybe that's part of the Celtics, you know, scheme. Like, they're just not going to let Clay go. Well, and they're, they're also just, like, huge, and they're really good everywhere. Like, you know who was awesome defensively? Like, Derek White was everywhere. I was like, geez, this guy's, like, an elite defender. And it's like he's the fourth in their wave of elite defenders where, obviously, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, he's made some plays in this series that are just – I mean, they're just insane yeah. he just from the guard. He takes the ball away. Yeah. He just takes the ball away from guys. Uh, and then, obviously, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like, can clearly hold their own. And then, you know, have to have White as, like, another guard. Like, you can have four of those guys on the floor at the same time. And I like Grant Williams, man. He comes in. He's a pesky dude. He's in the way. He's super physical. Like, I like I like what he can do. He's, they probably should keep him away from Curry because he, he, he's dying on the screens. <laughs> like, the, the, a lot of those are him, but. I, they they have a lot of dudes, man. Like, has have we seen a non-big put Jordan Poole layup to the glass like that? Like Derek White did. I mean, like Jaron Jackson, but not like another guard yeah, where he's yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah. Like those dudes. Dallas are good. didn't have those guys pinning. Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's just so different than the Dallas. So it's so different. Uh, but it's you know it's great. It's it's bringing you know some of the best and toughness. Uh, out of the Warriors, and they're going to need to keep playing this high level. Like they got to play this hard the rest of the way. Can, are they capable of it? We'll see. I mean, it was something you know you don't know till you see it, and they did it tonight. But and we know they can do this. That's one thing I wrote. Like they've done this before. Like they've had to summon something within them to come back in a series, uh, and they usually play better late in a series than they do early in a tough series. But you know. It, can they keep doing it at this at this time against a Boston team? And but the other question is, can Boston and then raise their game? We don't know. That's what we don't know. We know the Warriors can. We don't know that the Celtics can in this at this level, uh, which makes this a fantastic series. L- let me ask you about Peyton because I mean I think you were understandably skeptical just about I like just wanted to see him shoot in practice like one time. And so he was very rarely did it. He, very hit, rarely. he hit a three to end. The, the pregame warm-ups. Yes. He, yeah. They were like, do him and Kaminga yeah. do the thing where they, like, head the ball, get headed the ball to each other back and forth, and then he shot it and hit a three. But his reaction was almost like he didn't expect to make it. He was, <laughs> like, he was shooting some air balls. That's, I mean, there's no question. 
but that's okay. You know, listen, he was out. It's tough. He hasn't had any game action. Uh, who knows? And those free throws were a little shaky. <laughs> well, I mean, just he enters, and you don't know, you know, it's like how how trusting of that elbow is he. He gets out in transition and, like, gets kind of, what, undercut? He just got, like, kind of fouled pretty hard. He fell on that yeah. left elbow. Like he said post game. he kind of, like, tucked and rolled, protected a little bit. But you're like, geez, like, you know, to even put yourself in that type of danger considering, you know, the state of his elbow. And then he misses both free throws as you said felt a little uncomfortable but hits the corner three uh and you know to me that's that just was a, for tk it baby was, right? that yeah. was for tk Boom. um you know the celtics were defending him with al horford so they were not expecting him to shoot very much i'll put it that way well the big thing for you know and marcus mentioned it earlier but like it's not even just like obviously he can get in the dunker spot catch and dunk but he's a really good tight window passer down there like he will like dq up and then pass to the other guy i just uh, I guess from your perspective, like just what does he do to this series? To me, he just unlocks so much. He does, and, and, and takes some of the responsibility of Tatum off of Wiggins, which I think is a lot to put on a guy. It's to put on anybody. And also, you know, I think the Warriors are hoping Wiggins scores some. And, it, it, and you can just put five minutes, eight minutes at a time, whatever it is, and say, so you don't have to guard this guy. Either rest or you're guarding somebody else. And I think that is going to help Wiggins. Uh, and I think it it does screw around with the Celtics a little bit on the other side. Cause like, how do you get, like we've seen teams, like how do you guard paint? Like he's what, what, what position is he playing? Who do we put on him? And they have yeah. him as the high screen or something. You know, you mentioned the pick and rolls, like Peyton was the screener and some of the pick and, and roll. And then they're yeah, deathly afraid of him being diving to, you know, for, for a lob because he has that ability. So it's like some of the things we've talked about Kaminga, right? I mean, like put a pressure on the rim and it, it's amazing. It's a six foot four guy, but it is, now the Celtics will make adjustments. They can figure some things out, but um, it just just the ability to get into people. Like the referees let him, like they like they let Draymond, let Marcus Smart, they let him get into guys when you wouldn't, you know, a normal player would probably get a foul called many of those times. Peyton just gets into somebody, swipes around, boom, 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 like getting the hand on the ball, uh, and that's important when you're playing this team and you've got those two two playmakers just slow them down like where they don't like they don't really want to go at that guy and that's another one where some of those other guys are going yeah i want to go to that guy and that guy and that guy you need a couple guys out there they do not want to go after or get switched on to and he's one of those guys he's gonna play a lot obviously we yeah. played a ton tonight and he's gonna he's gonna play a lot Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently styled on basketball stars like jaime jaquez jalen green d'angelo russell and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, that's the thing. To me, like, what Peyton is is not news to any of us. We know who Gary Payton II is. We've seen it all season. The news is, you know, as of yesterday, they're like, well, we can kind of only play him selectively. And then suddenly tonight, 25 minutes to the point you're like, right, 28 minutes, rest of the series. I mean, you got to play him 28 minutes. Like, that's huge. Like, that's a huge change of what we thought he could be in this series, just from a usage standpoint. What was, what was wild was, man, that was quite an ovation when he came in. Like, like Clay's return obviously was the biggest we've seen here. I mean, a non-starter. That's got to be the biggest well, ovation for a non-starter. The pump fake, he called it. Where, remember when yeah, Steve he, Kerr was like, hey, like he oh, thought he was yeah, coming yeah, in, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, crowd yeah. was like, ah, and then, ah, and then it was like a minute later. And he came in with pool, and it was yep. like, yeah, that wasn't for Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't uh, for Jordan. He's taking some pool minutes. There's no question. That's like when we start talking about is pool how necessary? What are they going to do? Now, offensively, they're going to need him. I mean, they're just all. Right. But if they, about if they can, if they can get some minutes where it's just defense, and he can still be threatening on, on the offensive side. Those minutes are pools minutes. I think he's a yeah. good offensive player. Like yeah. Peyton really helps them offensively. There's times where like outlet, as a, yeah, as a, he's an outlet. He's not a playmaker. I mean, as we keep going I mean, through, like, he's not a playmaker. This is, but this is gonna sound weird, but like he's doing more offensively for them right now than Clay is easily. Yeah, like, I mean, defense doesn't react to him, you know, and they, you know, they don't have to put the same kind of player on him. But tonight it was very effective, no question about it. Uh, he plays like this. We'll see. We'll see. But. Um, I think they, the Boston. I mean, we've what have we heard about Boston? They can play great, and they can play not so great. They can play great, and they play not so great. They play great in the fourth quarter of Game One. Incredible, and tonight I, I don't. The turnovers, what, yeah, eighteen what, turnovers. I mean, they were Warriors like they were just fumbling around. Now some of that was Warriors just swiping at the ball. Looney, my God, he was just taking the ball away from Lo- people. Looney Jeez. picked Tatum at like forty <laughs> feet from the hoop. That's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> they were just like determined to reach in for the ball. Like that's was the whole. Like yeah. we're going to go. You better protect the ball, and even if you do, we're still going to try to grab it. And they just like pluck the ball, and they know Boston is, you know, a little susceptible to that. They they turn the ball over. They're a little loose. Brown and Tatum for sure, and just try to just swipe at it and. Looney was fantastic. Steph was again. I said it before. Steph was incredible on defense tonight. Like I think they had 15 steals as a team. Yeah, it just it's there for them. Again, Boston's going to be harder those two games, but I do think defense is how they're going to win it. They're going to win it through defense, and that's where again GP two is is a big player for. It. So maybe Pool. I mean, can they win this series without Pool playing a major role? Anthony's there. Um. I mean, depends on how you define major. I mean, I think he's going to get his 20-something minutes. I thought it was interesting tonight. So, Poole, really bad the first half. Like, actively destructive. Uh, so frustrated, you could tell that he's yelling at refs. He keeps getting his shot blocked. He keeps trying to drive. And, like, you know, he's just 
coming up short. He's over dribbling. He has the situation where Derek White was almost a technical. I was almost surprised they rescinded that uh, with the thing in the corner. He gets pulled with 10 minutes left or like, you know, nine minutes left in the second quarter. And it was like definitely like, all right, he needs to sit on the bench the rest of the half. And then, you know, doesn't start the third quarter, doesn't come in till a minute 30 left in the third quarter. So he basically sat almost for like a half a game. And it almost felt like a. You know, they call it in baseball, like, the mental break. You give the position guy a day off when he's slumping. It kind of felt like that. And I was wondering if Kurt was even going to go back from just, you know, they were playing well, the third quarter was going well. You didn't know how, you know, if you could trust Poole. And then he comes out, and I thought he gave him those last 90 seconds of the third, like, hey, he needs a little bit of a test drive before the fourth starts, and you need to know how quick to go back to Curry. And then suddenly he goes, patient drive, perfect bounce pass, the loony dunk. Comes off a screen, hits a three, and then obviously has the shot of the night, the 42-foot, like, step back, buzzer beater. Uh, and then, you know, you're wondering, we know who Poole is as an offensive player. Like, you know, he just needs that, and suddenly he's back. His confidence is back. He had a great fourth. He finishes with five threes. I thought the most important Poole shot of the night, at least for me, was comes off a high screen in the fourth quarter. Horford's in drop. In the first half, he's trying to attack downhill. He's frantic. He's trying to get to the rim took the mid-range 16 footer and it's like that's maybe he's learning but that's the shot against boston for him and to me if like he was more patient in the second half and if he is patient he's a 20 something minute per per game player and and will be better for them i think it's tough to know because they're going to boston and the road is always tough but there's a chance he might have found something uh that drive you're talking about where he dumped off to looney it was i think it was pritchard but he didn't do all of the crossover, cross, cross. He was like, head down, drive. Come on, make hey, a get play. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm in my bag. I do, I, do, <laughs> I do think there's a couple of matchups he can kind of take advantage of. He probably shouldn't be trying to take Marcus Smart or Derek White off the dribble. But if he gets a couple of guys on him, uh, then he can – he can do it. I think he's figuring that out. But, man, the mid-range, is, it's right there. You're dribbling to the rim, and they're waiting for you, and they're, they're blocking your shot. It's right there. If he figures that out, like like you said, what's the definition of a major role? I don't think we're going to see Jordan Poole from the first three games of the first two series. How about the first there. round where they're like, you know, Steph, you could stay on the bench. Jordan yeah, Poole, yeah, God. Yeah, no, we won't see that. But – if he can, if he can be a playmaker, I mean, we're we're game two in, and you're already seeing them having to run the offense through Steph a lot. You know, they, they were ready to play Steph a bunch of minutes. Like you can see that at some point, they need somebody else to be able to create a shot, <laughs> and that's that's Jordan Poole. It's been Jordan Poole all year, and maybe he doesn't do it for these huge stretches. Maybe you don't say Steph go chill in the corner because we got JP. But you could look at tonight being a confidence builder where he could be like, all right, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm cool now, I'm good. Of course, he can go into Boston and he could look terrible again, but, but he saw some shots go in and he just looked way more comfortable well, and just, not rushed. Just trust the jumper to me. Like, he's got, like, this series for him is a jumper series. I know he's been – what he's done in the playoffs, particularly against Dallas and Denver at the rim was huge. But this just, we've seen it. This ain't an at-the-rim series for him. They are getting everything that he's taken to the rim. And it's, you know, especially, like, they need his offense because I'm sure a clay big game is somewhere within this series. Maybe it is a game six just because it's like a cheat code for him. But this series is very difficult for clay 
I think. I mean, just the you know, I just think the they're going at a higher speed than he can go at, and and, and they're long. And you know, when Clay's trying those mid range, he's they're closing in on him. Like there's something going on there. He's doing with, the lead. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, they're just like all over him, and they're helping. And uh, it's been tough. He's he can he can have a big game. We know we know he could, but um, it's been tough for Clay. And it's I mean Wiggins. You know, can't I mean he's not really taking that many shots, but. I don't know if this is going to be a big offensive series for Wiggins. So that puts it all on 3-0. 3-0, and he was there tonight. And Looney, 6-6, 12 points. <laughs> those little duck-ins, the pumps. He, Looney's doing his thing. You can, he's the only guy who could score at the rim. The clay layups. Are like, you know, the Jordan Poole layups, he's trying to sneak it over the rim, and they, like, get it right before he does. The clay layups are like, open under, and he's throwing it, like, high off the glass. Know, not, not hitting the rim. <laughs> Yeah. He had one earlier where he like he like actually blew by Jalen Brown and it was Horford there and he got around Horford and give him a little finger roll. <laughs> I was like, how do you miss that one? Like you should have just dunked it. I don't. That's another thing. It's, it's gonna be tough to see Warriors dunks. Like it's loony pump faking, but some of that stuff them driving you. You're not seeing Draymond go coast to coast and dunk. You're not seeing him turn them dribble handoffs into a dunk. Like they've got, Wiggins they've got some Luca's head in it. Exactly, right? that's not happening. Well, Wiggins tried a couple times tonight, and Robert Williams was just. <laughs> well, he, tried, he had that. He had that tip try last game, and Robert Williams said, "Nope." Like, like those there, aren't available. There was one point you could tell, like Robert Williams was wearing on Wiggins a little bit. It was after he got like a second really good offensive rebound, got it spiked out of bounds, and he was just like, "What the? <laughs> Who what are the you? hell?" <laughs> It's, 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 they're such aggressive blocks too. It's yeah, not oh like he's robbing. He's like devouring the ball. Like he, it's crazy. He can barely walk, and then suddenly he's like twelve feet above the rim, smothering everything. It's crazy. And I think part of the reason that Steph is going is picking Horford instead of Robert Williams. Robert Williams blocked a Steph three. three. Yeah, yeah. He can get to that three. Uh, yeah. I do think that's a big deal. Like that, yeah, he he can jump even even with one knee, and he's got that reach. But it's a throbbing knee. I'm telling you, man, that thing keep pop. It feel he just he'll like he'll like like grab his knee, start shaking it, and then he'll start walking again. Like, dude, what did you just do? Like, is that a real knee? Go block a shot. Go block a shot. That dude is crazy. This is going to be a long series, right? I mean, it's going to be a long series. It's going to be a really hard back and forth. There's going to be some words. There's probably going to be some skirmishes, like we saw a little bit tonight. Um, and I just like just brace for it. I think the Warriors are kind of have to brace for it. They get it. This is no one's winning in five. No one might win in six. This might come back here for seven. Um, and this is going to be one of the more impressive. If the Warriors get through, this is going to be one of the more impressive, given their rostered level, given where they're at. You know the t- the foundational guys in age. This might be their most impressive championship if they get it. Like how good the Celtics are. Yeah, this might be their most impressive uh, if they get it championship because 15, they were all were young. They blew through. It was a great LeBron, but they they were just this young team, everything going. They lose in 16. They get Durant in 17 and 18. Don't want to say that was easy, but they had Durant. Uh, They lose in 19. This one, if they get through Boston, given everything that we know about this Warriors team, might be the most impressive one of them all if they do it. And if they do, it'll be because of Nemanja Bjelica. saves them again, Six again. Five rebounds Woo. and a big minutes for Bjelica. They were just factually. They were minus one in the non-Steph minutes to start the, start the second quarter. 
uh, that's pretty important. They were like what up, no up one, and they go t- and when Steph comes back at eight eleven, and they're tied. That's a win for them. That is a freaking win for them. And Bielitsa was a big part of that. A bigger playoff impact than Jonas Yerebko, <laughs> Omri Caspi, Keith Young. This is more like DeMarcus Cousins y, right? DeMarcus Cousins had a good game too yeah. in the finals. Yeah. Had a couple That's moments. Did it a little differently yeah, I mean, than they, Nemanja. If they could, like, Bielitsa can play defense, jeez, I mean, that opens He's up so He's been, like, legitimately, yeah. like, helpful defensively. Yeah. Like, big tips, balls, like, you know, fights in one-on-one situations. Like he's learning from Looney. Yeah. Right? He plays yeah. like Looney. He stays yeah. down. Yeah. Like, he doesn't move too fast. Like, he gets fast. these wings on, on the switches, and he does not get blown by, in which we have seen him get blown by by everybody during the regular season, and we're not seeing it now. Full credit to him. Full it, credit to him. It seems like every defensive possession is just, like, absolutely exhausting for him. By the end, he, like, tips it over to himself, gets it, and he's like, <sighs> here you go, Steph. And, you know, and he's like, Whoa. Man, that was rough. But he completes it. Uh, you know, it's been interesting. Two good finals crowds, I thought. Sunday night helps for, for people being in their seats. But even the uh, Thursday night one, like, people were in their seats by 6 p.m. This has been two that really good quarter crowds. was pretty lit. That was, a, that, that was a moment for Chase, right? Especially when Steph hit that second three. Like, that was crazy. And then, obviously, when Poole hits the buzzer beater from 43 feet, that's where it was like, oh, okay. You got you, you, Chase showed up a little bit, but you know that's what they've been saying. You got to get, got to create the moments. You got to create the moments to be authentically, you know, your own dope stadium. And uh, tonight was one of the moments. By the way, they grow sixteen million dollars for this one, and they're guaranteed a third home game. Grows sixteen. Now I've also I've heard since I've been writing that it's actually significant. Might be significantly more in sixteen. I'll stick with sixteen, but uh, that's a lot of money. This, in here. this now this win guarantees that they're going to get at least three home games in all four series. Yeah, that's know? right. That's right. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to be over a hundred with this game right in there. Uh, gross for the for the for the postseason. So, so you're saying they've covered the Uber expense from last year? <laughs> well, they only get a third of that. But <laughs> well, that's, you know that's thirty. Else? That's thirty million dollars. They, they've whatever, they've right? made a whole bunch of money in these playoffs. But if they're going to retain this core, let's go through it. Uh, Kevon Looney may have made some more money in these playoffs. <laughs> yes. Gary Payton the second may have made some more money in these playoffs. Jordan Poole may have made some more money in these playoffs. Andrew Wiggins may have made some more money in these playoffs. Uh, making a lot of money. But uh, this is not this roster. If you want to keep it somewhat intact, is going you know to how you cost make a lot. money in the future. Keep you winning. keep winning. That's the whole thing. Is the whole engine is you got to keep winning. They did not win for two years. They did not have that engine going. Now they're winning. That money's coming in. Hundred and two million, hundred four million, whatever it is, they're going to gross this postseason. You take. You just keep pouring it in, and that's how you make the next year and the next year and the next year. So, uh, I, I again, they may not resign all those guys, but. They're going to resign. Raise the salary cap because they're, yeah, they're going to push the, the BR, BRI number up, and, that, and that's how they're going to keep them. And Poole's contract doesn't actually go up till the year after next. Uh, Wiggins is not a free agent until after that, so uh, I could see most of these guys returning. I, I could see most of them returning. We'll, we'll see, but um, the the way they do it is by making the money they're making and it's the ticket prices. I mean, I've, have you seen some of the ticket prices? I've seen some of it. It's yeah. unbelievable. To, it's crazy. Yeah. To get in the building, the uh, game one, I saw it was 670 To get in, like, like worst seat in the stadium. Like seven something today. Average price, ticket price, $1,700. Like, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, it is. I mean, that's some of them are like, you know, $8,000, I'm sure. But it's. No one's ever seen ticket prices like this. It's just. This is unbelievable. But 
they're, you know, people are going to buy them because this is it's, this is the thing to see. And that the way they keep that going is by keeping their best players. That's why they're probably going to keep all of them, at, most of them. All right. Well, we will talk to you from Boston. Y'all ready to fly to Boston? This is be I'm going pretty soon, so I'm getting ready to go. All right. Well, we will talk to you. It is a Wednesday night, Friday night, game three, game four. It's going to be interesting there. I mean, they're going to bl- get blown out one of them. I, I think we I mean. Tim, they, have you ever covered a finals game at the, at the Garden? I have not. I have not. This will be unique. We'll see. I've heard it's a good place. I've heard it's, like, I've covered games oh, there, but I've not covered – big finals i've heard it's it's good for the moment it's good for the scene so when chase is still kind of learning how to do that although it was better today right than it was game one i, I think thought it was good um game one was a little just for our purposes was a little tight and unstructured this was better so maybe we just have to roll into this for for chase first play, finals games but i've heard uh td garden's well, no it's not td garden anymore it is, it's oh it's td, TD garden okay. yeah. i've heard it's pretty good all right we'll talk to you from td garden As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.